What's up, y'all? This is Chitty Bang, and I'm on the Renegade Millionaire Show, the podcast that profiles entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. Join us as we go one-on-one inside the hearts and minds of some of our generation's best and brightest. And now, introducing your host, my friend, Sun Group Wealth Partners Managing Director, CNBC and Forbes.com contributor, Winnie Sun. Welcome to the Renegade Millionaire Show, broadcasting from TuneIn's cool studio here in Venice Beach, California. I'm Winnie Sun, your host, founder and managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners, a financial planning firm based in Southern California. Take a moment to follow me on social media and catch my posts on Forbes.com and follow me on CNBC as your market commentator. And most importantly, if you have any questions pertaining to your own portfolio, don't be shy about reaching out. I'd love to hear from you. Just email. My content producer and I have been working really hard to bring you some real business legends. Together, you and I are going to be able to hear stories of individuals who have built businesses and career lives of passion and purpose. I'm really excited to give you the opportunity to hear these powerhouses tell their stories, how they did it, and how they keep it. All of them are insightful and dynamic players in American culture today. Think of these interviews as your private ticket to spend the next hour in first class. As a financial advisor, I've always believed that sharing stories and experiences with my clients yield the best understanding. Numbers, statistics, they just aren't memorable. So sit back, kick up your feet, grab a pillow as we learn from some of the best. Today, I'm really, really excited to introduce to you my good friend, Eden Sassoon, who actually radio doesn't do justice because she is so unbelievably beautiful that you just have to Google her. I would encourage you to do so. She is the daughter of the legendary Vidal Sassoon, but really there's so much more to her than just being a daughter of the man who has made people so beautiful for so many years, decades. Truly a legend. So welcome, Eden. Hi, Winnie. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, what a treat. Well, I I didn't, I, I certainly was not exaggerating. You are stunning. So, you know, obviously dad has something to do with that, right? 50%. 50%. I always say I look more like my dad. And my mom's like, well, I think in your older age, you're looking more like me. <laughs> I hope so, because you're stunning. <laughs> Damn. It's those cheekbones. Jeez. She's a hot lady. <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> well, the thing I, I read about your bio, which I was just so fascinated about, is not only are you the daughter of a a hair business legend. I mean, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how it was growing up being the daughter of Vidal Sassoon. You know, there's so many different parts to that question. Um, You know, you're a little girl living a little girl's life, and you want your dad. And here your dad is running an empire, and it's in beauty, 
But you don't necessarily see all that. You see, oh, I'm being, you know, I have a nice home. I have great friends. I have brothers and sisters. I have nannies. I have people who are helping taking me to and from school. You see all these things going on around you. And yet, you know, do you get lost in the picture or dad did the best he could with everything that he had in his life that was going on? So in the morning, he'd wake up and make us breakfast. And then, you know, off to school we went. And at night we would see him. He'd come home and he would come home and he would always find a way before we'd go to, to sleep to sing these crazy English songs and put a little top hat on and do a little skit and a little dance. And, you know, and then sometimes that's all fun and games, but he would always still try to keep the connection with the family and being the best dad that he possibly could. So, you know, for me, I just tried to find the safety the safety in everything that was going on around me. Wow. So he actually cooked you breakfast. Even. Yeah, he'd made the best eggs ever. <laughs> They were Papa's eggs. <laughs> that and is it's awesome. And there's a special technique to, to Dad's eggs. Can you share that special <laughs> oh technique? Oh, my God. Dad, should I? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say there are a few ingredients you have to add, but you have to beat the eggs. You have to really get the fork out and beat them. Like, beat them, beat them, beat them. And then wow, there's a few other things, but I can't. Do you make that for your daughter? Yes, for my or son. Or your son? My son. Liv likes them, too. But if it's like if we're ever on vacation or family friends or my brothers and I, who makes dad's eggs better? I'm like, you guys, no, I got the eggs down, but we all fight over it. Um, that is awesome. So he would cook you breakfast. And would he pick you up at school? Sometimes. But in the, you know... We moved here in 73 when I was born. So at six months of age, we moved here. That's when Sassoon was really at the Huge. height. Yeah. So these these men that I speak of that drove me to and from school were undercover security ex-cops. And I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. they, were they were just Jim and Tom and Ken. Nice uncles. Yeah. In their suits. And they would pick me up. But, you know, at the time, Dad was getting death threats, like, I'm going to get, you know, things were happening that he kept us very secured. And, and sheltered. I, yeah, but but it was in a way where I was still sweet and innocent and everything was okay. It was, for me, it was like I had this, um, I wanted to give more. I wanted to share more. I wanted to, with my friends, with people around me, like, you know, I felt blessed and honored even then. So maybe if my best girlfriend You know, she couldn't come to ballet because her mom couldn't afford it. Well, Dad, do you think that Robin could could come do this with me? And, of course, darling, you know, let's – so I just wanted to share everything that I had with everybody that I that I knew. So Because that was the way your parents were then. Very much so. Very, very much so. So rightfully so, I took it in that way, whereas, you know, some other family members, you know, my sister's not with us anymore. She kind of went, maybe she didn't get what I got to see, you know. Oh, that's I, it's life, you know. But I always, you know, and there was loneliness to it all. There were nights and nights and nights where I, at night, you know, if I would fall asleep and, and try to find, like, where do I fit in this picture? I would always, who am I? How, what does this feel like? How old were you when you thought this? Oh, starting from when they were still married and they got divorced when I was seven. Oh, so, wow. At a very young age, I could feel like even thinking about it, I'm kind of just getting <laughs> choked up. Like, 
there's so many people around me and yet I still feel alone. Mm -hmm. And why? Because it was just so much, you were so young and you, but your dad did the best that he could. Oh, in he was incredible. And he tried and every weekend he'd be, he would try to fit his car with four kids and four kids had at least four friends. So there was always caravans of us to go to Magic Mountain, plays, movies, wherever. I mean, he really gave us a life that he didn't have growing up in an orphanage. You know, in he wartime. Grew up in orphanage. Yes, my grandmother had to put him in an orphanage. She didn't have the finances or anything to keep him. And she would go visit him once a month. Wow. What an incredible story. Oh, his story, if, if you haven't seen the documentary, it's really worth watching. What's the name of the documentary? Uh, the Man Who Changed the World with a Pair of Scissors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's quite incredible. And it's not just about the man behind the chair or fashion and beauty. It really kind of digs deep and you see a part of his, his soul. soul. Yeah. I love it. It's intense. Wow, that's incredible. Well, that makes a lot of sense why you are a factor of him. Because you are so much more than just... A pretty face. I mean, you're you're so. I've read your bio, and I was so inspired to speak with you today because um, not only are you raising two beautiful children on your own, but you have multiple businesses. Yes, that you're growing, and not only that, I mean, you're employing incredible people. And I, rem I remember reading that the the thing that uh, you remember is always hiring the best team. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that your dad taught you for business and that you, you that you you implement now? Very much so. He, you know, the businesses and my life go hand in hand. And that's what he taught me. Somehow that's how my life that's how it it has exposed or evolved to come to, to come to be. He um I got married knowing that this wasn't the man that I was going to be with forever. Interesting. And I went to my dad's house one day, and I was miserable, and I was sitting, you know, on the other side of the couch, and I'll never forget. And I'm like, and he looks at me and with his eyes, and he gets this deep voice, and he's like, so darling, what are you going to do with yourself? And I'm looking at him like, Dad, I'm a mom. And he looked at me and shook his head. And I'm like, wow. Oh, my God. He just asked the question. <laughs> like, that's it. That's now I have to figure it out. Like, that's the question that's going to take me to that next level. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just that woman to raise these two children. Because then what? These two children need to see so much more than a miserable woman who's married to this man, who, by the way, I love and we're great friends, but we are not meant to be married, you know, in a setting that isn't right for her soul, for who she is. So it was like unleashing the beast and he just by asking that one question. I went to therapy, and I was like, my dad asked me what I'm going to do with myself. And I'm like, wait, I thought I was going to get married and be a mom, and that was it. No. No. And it really, like, it... it, it the light bulb came up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. The light came Shit. up. Then there was like, okay, I'm miserable. I'm overweight. 
Thank God I go to Pilates. Wait a minute. I go to Pilates. I find happiness going to Pilates. I'm searching. I'm changing my body. I'm changing as a human being. I want to share this with everyone else. I think you said something like that you find happiness in sweat or something like that. I do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I love sweating. And my kids think I'm crazy. And then people hug me after, after class. And I'm like, oh, please, it's a story of my life. Just give me your sweat. <laughs> it's really strange. So cut to, the, to Pilates. That's, that's what I was going to do. I was going to share my journey and my happiness and what I was finding within myself to get out of this marriage, to raise these children, to to that, you know, becoming this young woman, I was going to open a business and I it was going to be Pilates. So oh. within three months, I opened the same business as the Pilates studio that I was going to every single day of my life. So it was your own place. Yep. It's incredible. And it... I had changed my body. I had transformed. And I said, if I can do this, other women can do this. Yes. And so it just, and women would come and they, for some reason, they'd talk to me and they'd cry and they'd tell me their stories. And I was like, what is happening here? This is exactly what I asked for. This is what I want. People to come and transform, not just their body, but their minds and their soul and their spirits. And it was just like this enlightening. This community. You created Ooh. this. You've created Eden. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was very powerful. So where is your Ply studio? Do tell us. The we right now we just moved. We rebranded you know, hand in hand with the salon and it's on La La Cienica. One oh nine La Cienica. And can you tell us the name? It's Eden by Eden Sassoon Pilates. Wow. And it's right next to the salon. The salon is on sunset, so it's about a half a mile down wow. the block. So you can get fit and look beautiful all in well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and you know, you it kind of seems as if the businesses I open are very part of the vanity part of that question that you first asked me. There's so much to growing up as a Sassoon, and yes, it is. There is vanity to it, but it's so much deeper than that. It, it is. is, and it's okay because if you it think is about okay, it, we women feel better when we look better. Yes, right. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it goes back how many years, right? Mm -hmm. To even the early years where where women would paint themselves and yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah, or Maybe. even on date night that you have with your husband. I don't know. I've been single for so long that I forget. But you know, <laughs> take the extra time to put into how you look. It will come across how you feel, which will you know, between the two of you make a huge difference. Exactly. Exactly. I love this. Well, let me ask you this. So now that you're a mom, yeah. how are you in terms of with your kids? How, what has your, <laughs> you know, how, how, what kind of mom are you? I am a real mom. I don't play the role as what you think. Oh, mom, mom should be this way. Mom should be that way. Mom should be this. No, I'm a human being. And let me tell you that if I raise my kids to think or believe a certain way, you're going to grow up with a really hard, harsh reality that the world is not like that. So I am sort of um, untraditional. I guess if that's how we want to put it, where, for example, you know, it's through suffering, I believe, that we learn and we really I find. I completely agree. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yes. The, the, the deepest pit is where yes. you get the best visions yes. from, right? 
and that feeling just and you and it hurts and you don't know what to feel and you just sit with it and all of a sudden you know enlightenment in whatever way comes and so my kids are you know young but I think that as human beings your spirit knows so little things where I'm involved in a lot of different projects and one of them is the thirst projects and these kids suffer and they're sick and they're ill and they don't have clean water and we can talk about this but so my kids are on vacation and they're horseback riding and it's hot and mommy I'm thirsty and I'm like well okay great mom I'm thirsty mom I'm thirsty I go you know what stop We'll be back at the house in 25 minutes, and I think you can handle 25 minutes. And if not, think about those kids that that I work with, Mm -hmm. that I try to help, that don't have water. I mean, I give them the hardcore facts and the truth, and they're like, but mom. I'm like, sorry. So so are they involved with your work? They're like, mom, I want to go to Africa. Uh I'm like, okay, cool, but I don't want to get the shots. Well, then you can't come to Africa. You know, like I just... They're involved as far as this is the truth. This is what I do. This is who I am. And my ex-husband likes to, when we all go to dinner, kids, let me apologize for your mom's behavior now. (laughs) Because I'm very just raw and in your not in your face in an abrupt way, but this is just life, right? Because kids these days are so oh my god, they have they have everything, right? It's not like they're having too much of a difficult life growing in a Sassoon home. So, I mean, as as a mom myself, I find that as to be the biggest challenge. I mean, we had struggle, and struggle made us stronger people and more successful. I worry that my children aren't going to have the same luxury of struggle. Struggle, right. So how do you make sure that your children learn and will be productive and survive when you're not here? Exactly, and it's through their own experiences that they can actually find that. And if we just hand over everything, because, you know, I was given a lot, and from the suffering of emotional suffering, I was able to learn and become who I am today, you know? But all the, and, and you know what, let me take that back. My dad actually said, no, at 15, you get a job, you work. I will pay for your school and I will pay for your health insurance and anything sort of educational that you need, I will take care of. But anything else, get a job. So what'd you do at 15? I worked at Mrs. Fields Cookies. <laughs> that was my first job. It was so fun. After school, I went to Mrs. Fields every day. And then I was like, damn, I have to stop eating these cookies. <laughs> this isn't part of the Sassoon, like... Thank goodness for that. <laughs> right? That's what inspired the Pilates and the whole... Oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that, that's Now, I got sent to, to uh, fat camp. I don't. I hate to call it that. I got sent to Weight Watchers at uh, 11 years old. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that must have been tough. It was really hard. Can you talk about that? It was hard because... Were you really overweight or just like... No. I was I was at your 11-year-old sort of chubby, I'm going to grow out of this, we hope. And maybe he saw different behaviors in me because I did hide food in the closet because I did want... I did... A, I, those emotional... And wow, this is all kind of coming up. These, those emotional pain issues that I was going through, I did take out on food, with food. So obviously dad saw something that I didn't at the time. So by sending me away and my brother David, he thought that that would, he thought he was doing the right thing. And I'm grateful for it today. But at that then, oh my God, it was torture. 
for two weeks. I didn't shower. I was like, oh, that's the first sign of depression. Um, I didn't want to be at camp. I didn't want to be with these kids. I was like, wait, I'm not fat, you know? And then I kind mm-hmm. of opened up and I got involved and I was great at sports. And, you know, I get it now. I 100%. But you probably hated him at the time. I was just sad. I didn't, sad. I didn't have, I didn't ever have much hate in me. I just was like, why? Why? Yeah. I don't, I didn't understand. And the judgment. And so that judgment still is in my head, that mm-hmm. voice. Do better, be better, be thinner, look better. You're, but you're okay just the way you are. You know, so I kind of, I've always had those dual. And then I'm like, give it, let it go. And I have a higher power mm-hmm. as a sober woman. That's a whole other, you know, I know, issue. I want to talk about that. I'm I was to talk so about excited to hear that, uh, of being a sober woman. So that means no cigarettes, nothing. no alcohol. I yeah. actually... You know, what I, at 30, after or before I got married, I was like, you know what, I'm done. I got to I gotta get this together. And then after the kids, I was like, oh, my God, can someone give me a glass of wine? Mm-hmm. And every, you know, you hear all mommies, oh, it's 5 o'clock, we're going to drink. And I did that for a good 10 years. And then those 10 years turned into divorce and opening my Pilates studio and things just Things emotionally kind of getting out of control, but me trying to keep them in control and turning to drink to figure it out and things like, whoa, what's going on here? Cut to losing my dad. And there were a lot of things leading up to that that really, really, really affected the choices that I made that the day that I woke up December 5th, two years ago, was that was it. I was done. Life was changing from this point on. And sobriety to me has given me everything. So interesting. I mean, you didn't have a drinking problem or anything, or did you? Oh, I'm allergic to alcohol. And yes, that was my way, the same way that I took it out, I guess, on hiding food and wanting these things that don't suit you and who you are and your body and how you feel. I took it out on alcohol. Like, obviously, something inside me cannot manifest itself into okay, this is, this is how you feel and this is, you know, how to act and this is how to talk to this person and this is, no, I was out of control and I didn't know what to do with these feelings and these emotions and the loss and the love and how do I have a relationship and this loneliness and yet I have everybody around me and two children and a business Depending and I'm opening another one. Yeah. And it wasn't till, interestingly enough, dad dying that I actually said you know what that little girl inside of you right now is going to die with him and I don't mean death but like she needs to stop grow up become this woman that you want to become that's in you that you have a responsibility to other women to your children as being born a Sassoon Mm -hmm. you have a responsibility now own up to it Eden that's incredible it, it, so how old were you when this came, this happened? 30, well, he passed, this is two and a half years ago. Wow, see, this is what I think. I think <laughs> that when you hit 30, like you get I'm so much I'm 41 now. Well, I know, but when you hit your 40s, I mean, that's, whew, whew, that, I mean best. that's the best thing. And you just become like yeah. Yoda yeah, right. overnight, <laughs> yes, right? You're like. I mean, but what, but, but what you did was basically you said, you know what, I'm just going to change who I was. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do things my way. And 
sober was just really your like your your title really yeah. if anything but it was really a transformation of yes. old you to new you yes. to yes. becoming a, a true role model not only yes. for your kids but for me that's huge and for and for my dad's legacy yeah you know he lost my sister to an overdose he in certain ways you know the marriage is my mom and him certain things for alcohol he lost his brother to alcohol now who am i to be his youngest daughter to do the same thing no I have a responsibility to wonder who I am and as much as I have as a voice to offer the industry as a whole and just to make a difference in this world. And then, too, to his legacy. I know. And he would be so proud uh. to learn that you're so, you're so humble. I mean, the, uh, the, that comes from him. The youngest daughter of Fidel Sussum does not need to work, not need to work this hard, and to be so well-balanced. That, that's who he was. That's the man he was. I don't know any different. Not to work, not to be humble. Those, never, never. Nope. So how involved in your business? I mean, is it where you invest money or are you really involved? <laughs> My business, you know, everyone was like, don't use your own money. And I'm like, that to me is crazy. I don't understand. First of all, I don't want other people's money because then they're going to be telling me how to run my business. That's right. And my business is based on who I am as, as a Your individual. name is on the door. Exactly. Uh -huh. So I don't want your money. Thank you. At some point when this business is ready to get to a different level and they're, you know, it's, it's bigger than itself, mm -hmm. then we'll discuss other people's money. But I put everything into my business, Eden, to both of them. Pilates was a gift from my dad. And we and I opened that with his money, and I guess you know, I guess they're both have been gifts from my dad. To be honest, yeah, um, but gifts only go so far. Yeah, and yeah. then it's what I do with it, right? Um, and so it's right now it's it's been e everything is mine, and I give it, and I say, and the reason why on a day to day. I could stress out. I could have anxiety. I could think, oh, my God, everything's in there and my kids and, blah, 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 and I could be, I mean, all the things that could go through my head. And I don't. And I say, this has been a gift to me. And I'm going to give it everything that I have. And I'm going to share that. And I have faith that, one, the universe has me. And I know that if I'm on the right track, it just unfolds so just naturally and beautiful that like I don't even have words for it the things that happen and the people that come into my world just kind of like they're placed there as if like they sort of just fell from the sky <laughs> like I'm imagining like Snow White yeah, with the little flowers <laughs> <so, laughs> it really honestly truly is sometimes I wake the other morning I got a text and I, I it was six in the morning and it was one of the, a big one and, and other people were on it and I was like I just sat there smiling and my heart started pounding and I was like, oh my God, okay, it's a blessing. Now what am I going to do? And always it's pay about paying it forward and it's always about doing more and it's always about giving more and it's always, and this is how my dad thought. I'm like, oh my God, I'm becoming my dad. I am my dad. And it's never about me. It's about who am I to be able to make a difference for this person, for that person, to, you know, it for my children to make them those people. And hopefully by leading, by example, they get it. Right. They'll right. see it. They'll get it. They're smart enough. They right. know. That's incredible. You are incredible. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. So your other siblings, are they like you too? Are they doing this? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, my sister passed away in 02 of an overdose. And so that's one also, you know, it's what you take from other people's experiences. And so for me, again, to not be sober is not living up to that responsibility. She had three kids. She had a tremendous life, but she didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And she needed help. And she had chemical imbalances. And maybe had she gotten the right help, it would be different. But she wasn't meant for this for this life. I think it takes a strong human being sometimes to do, to do, period. Right. You know, you can wake up and just day to day do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I do the same thing, but I do it with drive. I do it with passion. I try to make a difference. I'm going to put, I'm going to every, each and every day I'm going to make it better. Like, and I know it, and You're it's gonna fun. You're going to touch somebody every day. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If not one person, like a handful of people. I saw even someone on Facebook had an, an issue or a problem, and I, they just reached out to you, and you immediately just uh, said, oh, I, let me help. Let me see. Is anybody do. out there, you know? Yeah, and, I do that. I do that a lot. And one gentleman, like, they have a lot. Whatever it is, how do, you tr- how do you shut that off? How do you say no to someone? How do you not, like, this is one life that, I know I'm here for a reason, and I and I don't know what that reason is, but I do know the signs, and I do take them in, and I'm not closed off to it. So we're all here together, and I'm in this. So I'm he- I, I'm open mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I'm making any sense at all, you know? I'm just, I'm a mirror to you, I'm a mirror to him, I'm a mirror to her, and whatever situation I happen to be in at that time, I'm that vessel. Well, you know, you look good. Oh. So your dad would say, like, you only you don't, you don't look, look good, good. You don't look, look good. good. Yeah, act it, too. <laughs> I know. I love this. And I love the whole idea of your salon. I mean, you're doing something so valuable for women. Because as a mom, you understood the need to, you know, get prettied up, but in a decent amount of time for a reasonable price. In yeah. L.A., I mean, it's a bargain what you're doing. And I didn't want to... One, I didn't want to have the same. I mean, that's an interesting story how that happened. It was it was, dad saying, again, after he came out of the hospital from being in ICU, darling, can we go to lunch and, you know, having this chat? And he said, what are you, what are you going to do now? I'm like, Jesus, dad, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> and... He just every time would look at me and like, ugh, I feel like throwing up. <laughs> like he would just look at me in the eyes and like talk to my inner spirit soul. It's like, what are you gonna do now? Like I see it in there. What is it? Find it. He knew you <sighs> had it in you. You didn't know, but he knew because he's with us. Yeah, my yeah. He and he just saw it, and so I it all and every. You know when it's right, it's right. And mm-hmm. so the way it unfolded. And, you know, it kind of just placed itself in my lap and said, this is what you're going to do. And I was getting my hair blown out at, at another place and because I, I wasn't, didn't want to go to Sassoon at the time because he was passing and everyone questions and emotional. And mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I would go to this little place and I sat in this little place and I looked around and I'm like, I hate it here. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Said, I've been in a place like oh, that. Oh, right? I was like, I hate it. I don't like anyone in here. And that's not like me. I usually love everybody. Right. Like, they're mean. They have sour faces on them. I'm like, is this coming from me or is this them? I'm like, nope, this is them. I'm like, okay, can they do this quick so I can get out? I'm like, also, it's dirty in here. This is not a business that I would ever. I'm like, oh, my God. An opportunity. 
And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I am my dad's daughter. Where is it that I have the loudest voice? He's not going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it hit me. Okay. This is a world that I need to enter. And you know what? Maybe my platform is opening a finishing studio to have something that women can come to where they feel comfortable, where mm -hmm. they feel safe, where it's clean, mm -hmm. where it's easy. Yeah. So I built the salon out as a home. It's as if you're invited into my home and yet we're going to make you feel beautiful by the time you get out of here. So I, because growing up in the salon every day after school, I ended up in a salon. I'm like, I don't want this to feel like a salon. I'm not coming here every day to walk into a salon. So my finishing studio is very much, it's it's home. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. And there's no pressure. No. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Right. Is there any, anything else that we didn't touch upon that you want to talk about? No, I... I, I we touched upon a lot. I think that people, one, the Thirst Project is a very thing as our industry as a whole, you know, giving back is a very important. We as individuals are here on this planet taking up space. And if you're not using that space wisely, then to me, why are you here? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that question. Why are you here? Right. Because if you're What's taking... What's your passion? Yeah, What's your purpose? Yeah, because if it's just day-to-day -day living, a, you know, that's up for you to decide. But do something, you know. Um, and for me, I give back as, as much as I can. And, you know, right now I'm... What a great example for your children, though. I hope so. It's exciting to see. Like, I look at them, I'm like, wow, what are they going to do? Yeah. You are so awesome. You're awesome. No, seriously. I mean, I love this. I mean, this is one of the gifts of this show, is being able to meet people like you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank so. you. I just try to, you know, I give my truth and I share it and I just try to come as, come as, come as me, you know, and it's taken 41 years to find who this me is and, and, well, it's and a I good keep you. evolving. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very really much. Good it's good you. You know? And it makes work. me love you and your brand and your family's brand so much more hearing this story, you know? Thank you. It's incredible. Incredible. Thank you so much.